ten champs. It's Buckeye fever, catch Brutus in the end zone. The Fiesta Bowl, the Heisman, watch the Bucks pose. The BCS, can't say the wing number one. The last couple years against Michigan, we five and one. The season has come, Akron Huskies, Northwestern run. Cause we gon' beat up the Gophers and Bulla make you bums. Spartans, Penn State, the Badgers, we gon' spank. The Lion-Eye, Michigan, Wolverines, the Bucks will make you pay. It's Buckeye Nation forever, we thank Woody Hayes. The realest to watch the stages, King Arden Wallaby. As far as the Florida Gators, we hope and pray to play it. In the horseshoe, we gon' bury you to go undefeated. Scarlet and gray, there's nothing else that I can say. We miss all the players who went pro. Archie Griffin the Great. Oh State, oh State. Scarlet and gray, oh State, oh State. It's Scarlet and gray, the Buckeyes is the name. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray, oh state, oh state, we the best in the game. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray, we represent oh state in the scarlet and gray. The Buckeye, the Buckeye, the Buckeye, the Buckeye, the Buckeye, the Buckeye. Welcome to the Buckeye table. We having badger for dinner. We nice like Terry Glenn, the Bolitnikov winner. We playing Smash Mouth. What was you thinking? Fourth and one, I'm going deep like Crimson to Jenkins. A shot to O-Pace. Rest in peace, Jason Gwynn. We all know God. Got himself a great defensive end. Eddie George, Joey Galloway, and Brandon Sane. Jack Tatum, Keith Byers, D. Miller, and Joe Jermaine. We getting in you fast. Oh boy, is it quick. We number Wanna take the Heisman home like Troy Smith? Shotgun formation, the trigger, we quick to pull it. Mike Dolph, AJ Hawk, we hit you with silver bullets. The scarlet and gray fever, I feel it in me. It's contagious, you're receiving like Heartline and Rubisky. You think you gotta stop? We hammer like nails. I'm busting through the middle for 50 like Beanie Wells. Oh, state, oh, state, scarlet and gray, oh, state. What's going on, y'all? This your boy Jay Money. And this your boy King Art. And we are in the shoe. How you doing today? How you doing today? Hey, uh, I'm here, right? I'm here, just happy to be here. Uh, we got lots of good information to give to you guys uh, about the Buckeyes. Everything is about the Buckeyes. Hey, I'm, I'm anxious to get into this because, uh, you know, I got some stuff to get off my chest about the way we played over the weekend. Yeah, they had quite a bit of issues. Uh, we got uh, lots of things we're going to be getting into. We're going to talk about the offensive struggles, how the rushing attack's been slowed down. We're going to speak on the defense. We're going to cover a lot of things today. And uh, welcome to the first episode, everybody. Um, I'm excited, as you can sort of tell. I'm a little nervous, but you know. It's okay. This it's game our, day, right? Yes, it's, it's, it's time to get into it. All right. So, um, the first thing we're going to get into is, is the injury report from the Nebraska game. And the one big name that pops out there, because a lot of the names that were on there, uh, they've been out for a few weeks. Some of the guys have season-long uh, injuries that – Too many. 
that won't be, uh, you know, you won't see those guys until sometime next year. But the biggest name admitted on there was uh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I mean, it showed a little bit in the passing game. But at the same time, it showed, you know, allowed other receivers to step up and fill those shoes. Can't wait to have him back. Get that triple attack between him and Olave and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, a lot of those things are kind of mysterious with the injury report, the way Ryan Day does it. You know, he doesn't really like to disclose the injuries. So we don't really know as far as uh, the extent of the injury. We don't know what it was. We just know that he was unavailable for the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. You know, it, it's just, you know, with the way the injury is. Don't know exactly where, you know, whether it was his knee, his leg, his thigh, you know what, but. I'm glad he's getting healthy. He did tweet during the game saying that I'm back and uh, we need him against Purdue. I was just going to say, uh, they, they did send an update out today and they said that Garrett Wilson, will, Garrett Wilson, excuse me, will return to the lineup for the Purdue game. And as you stated before, we're going to really need him, man, because he's one of the most athletic and best route runners on the team, man. And when they say that we have three guys that are the best in the country and they have the best room in the country, I firmly believe that. And the numbers back that up. Hey, he was the leading receiver for Ohio State. Before this game. Yeah, before, <laughs> a breakout game at that one. And but we're going to we'll talk about uh, Smith and Jigba and his amazing day a little bit later. Well, without further ado, we're going to – Hold on. There was one more injury that's kind of concerning, and we could talk about Harry Miller a little bit. Yes. I've, you know, he hasn't played too much all season, so it's one of those, you know, can't remember it. So He's, uh, he's really only been active for about two games. He's one of those guys that they were expecting to really anchor this offensive line, and he hasn't been there. So they've been shuffling guys in and out some to, to some success. But I think um, – Lately, it's been catching up to him a little bit because there's a lot of inconsistencies there. And I'm going to get in on that one as a former offensive lineman. When we get talking about that, that's my one of my burning things to get off my chest because that was just horrible play, honestly. So so let's get into the, um, the offensive struggles a little bit more in depth. <laughs> All right, so it's time to break that down. I do believe – I do blame – the play calling on Ryan Day, um, that was horrible play calling. He got outcoached by, in my opinion, a mediocre head coach. Well, you got to remember that, you know, uh, defensively, Nebraska is near the tops in the Big Ten. They do pose a, a threat, and all the games that they've lost this year have been by less than one score. Yeah, but And they were at home. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, though, we're Ohio State. You know, everybody we're, everybody looks up to us in the Big Ten, so it is – there's that excellence that Urban brought in after Jim Trestle, and, you know, we don't use the word average anymore. Well, that's one of those things to where you kind of have to look at it as as fans of the game, which we very much are. Uh, we tend to get a little spoiled sometimes, so when we don't explode for 600 yards of offense, we kind of put our heads down and we wonder what's going on. Now, I do agree with you there. The play calling was not his best, and I say as far as the last two games, 
the play calling has been iffy at best. But I'm not the one to really uh, hold it over his head because he's proven to be a genius when it comes to offensive play calling. I do not know all the X's and O's, so I'm not going to hold it over his head. I'm just going to say it was a little concerning over the last couple of weeks because it did appear to be, um, you know, some issues with the play calling, especially late in the game when you're trying to run the clock down and he calls a pass play and, you know, that's where they have the, you know, the strip sack. And things like that are going to happen. I think that he's an attacking coach. And he's always mindful of that attack. And you have to think about, which we're going to get into a little bit here, the rushing attack had a lot to do with the reason why he was calling the game like that. But when your offensive line is not gelling together, it's hard to have that rushing game and that passing game. So I do blame him for also for the rotations that he started right. at the beginning of the game by switching up those, those linemen. Because right. if you go back to the Oregon game, Absolutely. Travion Henderson, almost 200 yards rushing. So, with that offensive line, and all those players were healthy, except for Harry Miller. So, you bring in Luke Whipple, or Whippler. Whippler. Yes. One of those Whipples. Um, and he's been filling in pretty good. He had a little stumbles, uh, you know, in the in the previous week, but he, he came back pretty strong this week. And, I, you know, throwing him in there with that same offensive line that faced a, a, a tough Oregon defense. Let's, let's not take away that defense from Oregon. That was well, an actual tough defense, and it was similar have, to the lines in Nebraska. Yeah, and you have to think about, um, you know, a lot of those issues were present in this game, and a lot of those issues were – similar you had inconsistencies with the rotations and um scoring issues in the red zone those are the same things that pop back up in this game it did um it man it's it was an ugly one honestly and i think what happened is penn state exposed our offense our offensive line because of the fact and we're going to get into that you know here in a minute but the the two high safety Penn State brought against us allowed them to crowd that box when it came to the rushing game. Absolutely. And with our young line, with how many people that we have on there that are young, was not able to handle all those people in the box. Now, we're going to get to that about the play calling. Well, and, and you have to take this into consideration, too. There's a lot of missing assignments on that offensive line. And like I said, you have inconsistencies with that being with their switching and rotating guys in and out. And to me, it's a double-edged sword. And you've seen it earlier in the year with Oregon. I believe the plan in place was to play a lot of young guys and get them experience. And it appeared to – okay, the Oregon gang – it wasn't working so much, and it appeared to backfire. But all the games after that, it seems like the guys were, you know, they were getting a lot of experience, and they were getting comfortable within their roles, and they kept rotating guys. So about four games, and, you know, the, the competition was a little lesser, I agree, but they appeared to be on an upward swing. Now, the last couple of weeks, I feel like the rotation has backfired on them, and I feel like they need to have a set rotation on the offensive line and defensively as well, they need to set their linebackers and let them play, in my opinion. 
Listen, our defensive line, that those those boys, man, those mountain men. And they're big guys, and you gotta take this into consideration, like, you know, the they've got tackles playing guard. So and you know, I, I think it's an experiment. Those guys are they're great blockers and everything. I just think that they have to, you know, mesh and gel a little bit more. They have to get the rotation set. So would you agree? besides the bad play calling from Ryan Day, that he needs to go ahead and throw more RPOs in there? I think that you definitely have to have the thought or the presence of a quarterback keep because it gives the defense more to think about. If there's no threat of the QB run, they can just key in on the running back every time, in which what they were doing if you've seen the last couple of weeks before he even gets to the line of scrimmage he's getting hit by somebody and that's you know that's not conducive to producing big rushing numbers if you know what I mean yeah I still believe I do like the RPOs when they do when they're when they're needed um I know you and me have had conversations about this before but uh when he when you see five to ten yards of green take it I agree and if you have to slide and act like Trevor Lawrence and, you know, get a targeting call, go for it. But uh, I do believe with the RPOs, if we were to get back to that, um, get back to the RPOs that we had with JT Barrett and Justin Fields and even some of the RPOs that we have with Haskins, I believe that will allow us to open that deep threat open up the middles more and you know get Olave some more yards. He's going to go no he's going to go in the first round regardless. And once he breaks this record here in the next couple weeks, you know, he he definitely is going to go top 15, top 10 if not top 5. Well, um I, you know, I I tend to agree with you there. I think that they have to have more QB design runs to where he just keeps it automatically and not necessarily read the defense. I also feel like um, you got to be able to just line up and run the football. you got to be able to line up and run the football. That's how you control the clock, and that's how you open up all the other explosive plays because you can always get deep off of play action. So we have to have the, the, the possibility of the threat of the run by the QB. Absolutely. You hit that on the head right there. I agree with you. And then the last thing on offensively, Turnovers. The turnovers are what killed our spirit. I believe, and I believe most of the turnovers were like turnovers on downs. So it's more of a, you know, shoot yourself in the foot type thing. But you got to think about it like this. If a guy drops back to throw 54 passes, man, it's a pretty good chance a couple of those might get yeah, picked off. I'm talking about some of the, the fumble, the intercept, the you know, the two interceptions. But I'm also talking about. One for six in the red zone. Oh, One killer. for three in the red zone. That's killer. Those, to me, those are turnovers that when we have to settle for a field goal and we're at the 10-yard line, come on now. It definitely breaks your spirit. And we got the top offense in the, the Big Ten, if not in the country. Top offense in the country before last week. We are now second. but um, which is Behind Georgia. Which I is think. still pretty potent, but, um, you know, We'll see here coming in against Purdue. We'll get into that a little bit later. We'll talk about the matchup with those guys. 
But uh, we're going to still talk about these issues that we're having. So I just want to ask you very quickly, um, as, as far as the, the play calling, would you say that Ryan Day, Ryan Day excuse me, has hit a wall, or do you think he's being stubborn? What do you think's going on there? It's a tough call to see what's going on in his head. Um, I think I think CJ Stroud did get re injured when he took that, that shot on that jump pass after he passed the ball. He looked a little gimpy. Um he looked like he did like he was playing against Tulsa. And a lot of those throws were high, and you can tell when, when his shoulder's not feeling so great. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those balls tend to sail on him. You know, he said You know, he said before the Nebraska game that, you know, he separated his AC joint. So, I mean, it, it's one of those, it's like, okay, and he said that he was almost healthy. Now I believe he possibly has a rib injury right there underneath his oh, arm. He took a major shot. There. And I think that should have been called. Definitely should have been called. And and that's another thing. You know, you dude know. Led, with, led with the crown of his helmet. Even though it wasn't, he wasn't bent down, the way he took that shot underneath his arm. There was a lot of plays that I felt like the, the refs left on the field <laughs> that they should have called. <laughs> but, I mean, like you said, at Ohio State, you should be able to get past those issues, you know, and – no, they should be able to dominate, man. And a, a lot of times they do play down to the level of the competition, which is, you know, a lot of teams do that. But it's, it's a bit concerning at times, especially when you're in the hunt for a national championship. And you know what's so funny? Even after the game, Scott Frost at his, uh, his post-game conference, he even said even though the way that we played – we were still he we were he considers us an elite team even during the game he said that was an elite team. Well, you got to think about it like this: if if we're complaining about a nine point win on the road in the Big Ten, we're we're spoiled just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit, just a tad. And what a weapon is Noah Ruggles, Heisman? Maybe he should be on the ballot. <laughs> I mean there is a kicker that's this you know out in the pack. This 12. is the first time in Ohio State's history that they've ever had a kicker go 4 or 4 in field goals back to back weeks, man. Uh, I do believe this never happened. This is the first time. Yeah, out of all the the great the great kickers that we've had. And just think about all the things <laughs> that we love to talk about. We've got Travion Henderson We've got Olave. Chris Olave. We've got Garrett Wilson. We've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. And here we are talking about Noah Ruggles, which happened to be the um, special teams player of the game, too, as Second well. Second week in a row. And he made champion. There weren't a lot of champions on offense this week. but um, And there's good reason why. Like you said, they were shuffling those guys in on the offensive line, and they, uh, they were letting the pressure get to uh, C.J. Stroud, man. It's kind of – Disheartening, but um, you know, I believe in this staff, and I think those guys will—they'll get it taken care of. We'll 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 see really what's going on with this Purdue game. We'll we'll preview that in a little bit here. If Purdue doesn't pay the refs off, so what what were some of the things that stood out to you in that game? And I know there's one that I can think of <laughs> late in the game. Which game? Uh, you, so we're we're talking no, about the we're Nebraska. Still, we're still in Nebraska here, and and it's the 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 Julian Fleming play, where he clearly caught the ball, got his foot in, had total control of the ball, and they said it wasn't a it was an incomplete. 
I don't get it. So what is the point of instant replay if you're not going to get the play right? <sighs> My gripe with the, the, the refs is – All right, so Ohio's, I'm going to get off by saying Ohio State's penalties that we had on offense, those were self-inflicted by just not paying attention. All the false starts, the whole, you know. And, that, and that's got to be a little concerning. And you think about how many games they've played in the season so far. It's like they make all this progress, and they have all this explosive offense. They limit the turnovers. They limit the penalties. And this team is unstoppable. They come back down to earth a little bit the last couple weeks. Yeah. They shoot themselves in the foot repeatedly. And, you know, it, it, it's just something that they, they got to clean up. Studs got to get those guys back focused again because they're going to be important for this drive. We're, we're in the heart of our schedule to meet. The meat and the potatoes. This is definitely the meat and potatoes. And, you know, Trestle always said, you know. Um, Defense wins championships. Well, he said September. And, you know, he said October's for, uh, was it? Yeah, October's for pretenders and November's for um, contenders, you know. So my gripe, honestly, my gripe, honestly, with the refs are the lack of calls they call when we're on defense. The oh, lack the of holdings. Man. When you got a lineman that can, when you got a defensive lineman and a linebacker that goes through the line and gets tackled from behind, and you can see the lineman pull the defensive player down, and you're standing there looking just like this. The fit, the officiating as far as um, them on the defensive line has been bad all year. And I'm not even just talking about Ohio State. You know, we watch other games. Just all across the Big Ten in general, the officiating has not been up to par when it comes to, um, you know, holding. I'm going to take it as far as the NFL as well. So I, I think some of those refs in the NFL are uh, college football refs. And I, th I think if they start, <laughs> you know, like finding these guys for, for bad calls, like they, you know, they penalize these players and stuff like that, man. A lot of that stuff will come down. But we really don't know, you know, what they're looking for, but sometimes they appear to need glasses. <laughs> but, you know, we won't we won't we won't get on them too bad because a lot of things are self inflicted. But you know, those are those are little things that we can gripe and complain about. Those but at the end of the day, man, those guys gotta go out there and play. How special has Tyreek uh Smith been? Last couple games to have him back 100% healthy. I'll get that. I'll get into him. Yeah, here in a minute. But you, you want to know who doesn't need glasses? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh no. He what? saw. He was. He was eyeing that record. Man, he had a career day. He had 15 catches for 240 yards. He had that big 75 yard score in which we really needed a joke to get us going at that particular time. And I think, you know, with Garrett Wilson being out, it was a time to shine for not only for, you know, Jackson Smith. Yeah, you know, if you remember his first first ever career touchdown was against Nebraska in the shoe. And it was a beautiful toe tap. Hey. hey he might, One of the prettiest catches you'll ever see in your life. Prettiest catches. And, you know, the scary thing about it is that, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is considered the third best wide receiver on this team. And that's just scary because that guy is ultra-talented. 
I see another first rounder in him. Uh, he has nice soft hands. His his route running is, you know, he has a lot of precision with that. He has the speed and he's built pretty strong. That guy's got a bright future ahead of him, and he definitely took advantage of Garrett Wilson being out. You know who he reminds me of? A mix between Terry McLaren and Paris Campbell. You know, once you know, once our our super seniors or our super senior. Uh, with uh, Chris Olave leaves, and then you know Garrett Wilson's going to go to the the draft this year. I think Wilson's um, out, but you know that's, that's you never know. Me. You never know. It could be it you know depends. depending on the playoffs. It, it depends on how the you know how the rest of the year plays out, and you know it just depends on but you I know th- what his love for the you know college football game is too, because we we really didn't expect Justin to come back. And he did. You know, last year, and he did because he loves Ohio State, man. And, you know, it's a brotherhood here. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys come here for that, and they always want to be there to support one another. And then, of course, the goal is always to win the national championship because uh, we definitely have the talent to do it. A lot of blue chippers. I I, I think he's a mix, like I said, between Terry McLaren and um, Paris Campbell because, one, he's built. He's got the body, like. Terry McLaren, and he's got the speed like Paris. But if you actually listen to him off the field in some of his, you know, interviews, the kid is smart. And he has that heart of a leader that once he knows, once Olave and Wilson are gone, that's his room. That's his receiver room. So... He's taking notes from Olave now and proving, like, hey, not only can I do this on the field, but look what I'm doing in the locker room. Look how I'm helping Julian Fleming, who was a five-star recruit. Look how I'm helping Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, son of the great Marvin Harrison Sr. Yes. Um, he's actually made champion seven times this year, and he's he's the highest on the list. You know, he was, he was leading the Buckeyes in the last, what, five weeks? With having at least 95 yards. And he was second uh, on the team in receptions before this game. And with Wilson getting hurt and him having such an outstanding game, record-breaking game, he was only 13 yards away from breaking Terry Glenn's record. Um, Shout-out Terry Glenn. Glenn, he was a good friend of mine. I went to high school with him, man. Rest in peace. Uh, He was uh, one of the best receivers to ever come through Ohio State, man. Give it up for Terry Glenn. You think think he'll beat? Break uh, Olave's record once he breaks uh, David Boston's record. Well, he's got to get it. He's got to get a lot of more touchdowns. Lots of more touchdowns coming his way. Still got um, two more it's, years. It's, I think it's going to be hard with the way that Ohio State spreads the ball out to to their receivers and with uh, Travion Henderson becoming a viable option out the backfield. As you can see, he had six catches for 44 yards last game too. They like to spread the ball around, so it's going to be kind of tough. But you can never say never because he definitely has the talent to do it. So I'm with you on that. Um, now we're getting he, into he he had he had a hell of a game, man. Uh, so shout out to um, Smith and Jigba, man. He definitely held it down. And another one of those things that I seen out of that was um, Heisman. Mm, not yet, not yet. Maybe a couple more. With a couple more games like that, he'll definitely be on the list. But um, Ryan Day is not afraid to throw the ball over the middle. A lot of those curling routes and slants, yeah, and slants I, I love it, man. It, that that just shows a lot of um, faith in 
C.J. Stroud to put the ball where he's supposed to put it. And, you know, when they when they do that, man, they're next to unstoppable, man, because uh, he was open all day long. All day long. Couldn't they, touch him. They hit a couple of those deep balls, man, and wow. See, that's also when you got Chris Olave on one side of the field. He demands that double team. Yes. So now when you get the, the whole trio back together, Wilson, Olave, and Jackson Smith. And then you got to worry about Jeremy Rucker. That, uh, that opens him up. And, so. and, and, and we certainly hope that he gets going some days. It seems like they they throw to the tight end a little bit more. But I believe they just uh, go with what the defense gives them. And we've, we've got a – you know, he's he's had a couple of drops this year too, man. Uh, he certainly dropped that, uh, that, that touchdown pass on fourth down. That would have been another score on the board. But, hey, man, hey. I love the aggressiveness. I, I, I love when they go for it on fourth down. Um, it shows that he has faith in this offense. And, you know, before the game, it was the number one offense in the country. And I believe that we still soon, are. I believe soon that it will be again. It's really explosive. We just got to get some things figured out there. You ready for the fun part? What's the fun part? The hard hitters. The hard hitters. The hard hitters. The hard hitters. Yes, we're talking about them silver bullets. Man, and they are getting back to being silver bullets, man. I love it, man. I love the way this defense has transformed since the Oregon game. I think that uh, we needed that reality check. We did. We didn't really know what we were coming into losing, you know, pretty much all our linebackers, pretty much, uh, and then having people hurt in our secondary, having true safe, you know, true freshmen in corners. We didn't know what we were getting into. So, with that Oregon, Oregon game, you know, it brought us back to reality. And what more can I say? You know, the, the silver bullets are back. Load um, up your revolver. I think that they're close. I think that they're gelling at the right time. This is the time of year where you're definitely going to need a strong defense because um, we're playing the heavy hitters. We got Purdue, uh, which has knocked off two top three teams already this year. We've got Michigan State. They were a top three team. <laughs> Sparty. And then we got, uh, you know, we got Meat Chicken. So The Canadian State up north? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't give a – okay, we're going to save that for later. You know. I'm going to go ahead and say we don't give a damn for Michigan. Did you say whole state? Oh, there you okay. Go. My fault. <laughs> SEC, FCC. Yeah, but the defense looks good. Ever since uh, they transitioned from uh, – Kerry Coombs calling the plays. He's up in the box now. and uh, Where he should have been at the beginning of the season. They got uh, Matt Barnes calling the plays. Things have gelled, and uh, they've, they've gone with some different looks, and they're, they're really working. I mean, they've given up a little bit of yards, but as far as uh, they've, they've shut the rush down um, ever since the, after the Tulsa game, man. They're, you know, it's, it's, it's tough sledding running on this defense, man. You know what's so funny about the defense? And for years at Ohio State, and correct me, you know, anybody out there in the – the Facebook world that knows about Ohio State history will tell you Ohio State plays veterans. Not this year. We're playing the recruits that we've got that were four or five stars finally. Right. It's not a seniority thing. The, the, the thing that I Anymore. believe about this staff is they will play the best players and they will play who's deserving of getting playing time. Now, the rotation thing is starting to get on my nerves a little bit. We're not I hockey. I feel like they need to to get set 
And I feel like at this point in the year, you should know who your guys are. You know what I mean? But the linebacker room is looking better. Those young corners out on the line, they've got a lot of experience building up to this point. Denzel Burke is awesome. Uh, we got to – the safeties, uh, we got a little bit of work to do there. I don't think so. Not with Cam uh, Cameron Martinez. Cameron Martinez has shown why he was Mr. Michigan for two years in a row. They got to put him in the game. Ah, they do. That, and that's true. It's, it's, it's the last two weeks has been kind of sparingly. I've seen he's been in there on special teams, but I don't know why Bryson they did Shaw it. and 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 Ransom has been getting the bulk of the snaps, and you see the the deep shots that Nebraska took on us. Who was back there? Bryson Shaw, Bryson Shaw and Lathan Ransom. Lathan Ransom, man. So I definitely think that they got to do some things there. I think uh, Marcus Williamson has definitely been flashing. He's been playing some really good football. Uh, they, they got some guys back there. I just think that they need to get their rotation set. What they love about Bryson Shaw is that he can call out the defense, but a lot of times he's out of position. He ain't himself. got the speed, though. He's not a Okuda. He's but, not a. You know. Then again, we say we're not the ones sitting there watching practice every day. We don't know what those guys see, but from the outside looking in, they've got to they've they they've got to make some changes there or uh, getting better prepared. I don't know which one is going to come first, but if they trust him, he's been out there all year. I really don't see him making any changes there. But uh, maybe they can, like you said, let's let's get Cameron Martinez in there. Let's see what he can do. He was making some plays earlier in the year. Um, he was getting a lot of experience. And I like his athleticism and speed, man. He's got some good cover skills. And he was a quarterback in high school. <laughs> a good one at that. Yes, he was. Uh, man, you, you hit on the linebackers a little <laughs> bit. I stumped you. This guy doesn't get stumped too often. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Four points, away, four, four points away from winning that trivia <laughs> at halftime, all right? Yes, yes. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that. We like to get involved in these, uh, these Buckeye trivias, and it's always competition. It's friendly competition. You know, I like to kick his butt. He like to kick my butt, man. And we, we both kind of got stumped there, which doesn't happen too often because I consider myself to be heavily involved in stats. I love stats. I love everything about them. And I got a little bit of knowledge there. Well, we're going to go into getting some of the stars of the game. We touched on it a little bit. Well, definitely the star of the game was Jackson Smith and Jigba. There's no question there. But there were some other guys who, you know, who had uh, really good games as well. Besides Noah Ruggles, I mean, who else? You, you know, got Noah you Ruggles had a pretty good game. I mean, Travion Henderson, uh, it wasn't a truly explosive game, but um, he was pretty effective. You know, he uh, almost had 100 yards on 21 carries, and he had six catches out of the backfield for 44 yards. It's, it's nice swinging it out to him. That's a good luxury to have there. Uh, like I said, the offensive line play was very inconsistent, and, you know, we kept shooting ourselves in the foot there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to complain about piling up 500 yards of offense. They've just got to capitalize on those red zone uh, trips. And, and, you know, that's the improvement there. And they have to be able to run the ball better. And as we alluded to earlier, if they get a rotation set, I believe it will be very uh, beneficial for this team moving forward when it comes to running the ball. Yep. So we talked about Jackson Smith. We talked about Noah Ruggles. Um, I said Steel Chambers. Steel Chambers. Let's talk about Steel Chambers. What um, a refresh. 
how refreshing is it to have Steel Chambers come in there from the running back room and become a beast at the linebacker. Beast, man. He's reading plays. He's reading and reacting, and that's what you want your linebackers to do. You want them to read and react. And he's playing He's playing some good football. He he would have. He was tied for the uh, team lead in tackles, and he only played half the football game. But he had a key interception. He did. He did. And, you know. You could tell he was a little rusty because he got that penalty. He kind of arrived there just a little bit earlier and knocked that guy down and got the pass interference. Uh, but he definitely made up for it on the back end with that interception. And he's been playing um, some, some, some pretty damn good football. Yep. So we need to see a lot more of him moving forward. I believe it should be Steele and Simon for those two linebackers. I believe that that is the, you know, the best rotation that they've rolled out so far this year, and um, it, it appears to be on an upward uh, trend. That it is. Also, we cannot talk about the defense without talking about the defensive line. The defensive line has been playing lights out. They've been getting held a lot. Uh, I believe in the Oregon game, or the first two games of the year, we didn't have many sacks, but after that, we've been piling them up, and I think we're actually in the top five in the country in sacks. I believe we had five sacks against Nebraska. We did. Um, you know, Tyreek Smith, Jack uh, Sawyer got his first one. Sawyer got yeah, Sawyer got one, and, and they're they're doing their thing, man. JTT, JTT, not JTT, it's JT, JTT. Well, you say that to him, I won't. That's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're I mean, you're it, pretty big too, so that might be a good matchup. I mean, I'd love, I'd pay to see that actually. But my ankle will get healthy. I'll get out there in the pads. <laughs> As, we'll you, you hear that Ohio State football? Once this ankle injury gets done, I'll come out there. <laughs> Y'all heard it here first, and we're going to hold them to that. Believe that, because we don't, just, we don't have liars on this show. It just, it just shows why that Jack Sawyer and Jay, like you say, JT. Yeah, because his name is Jalen Tuimolau. I'm not listening. That's too many vowels and Well, I mean, it is very hard to pronounce, but, you know, I'm just going by what he said. There was an interview early in the year, and he said, my name isn't JTT, so I'm going to respect the man and what he said. He's he's one of our team members, so we're going to honor that. It just shows why those two players, you know, were five-star Oh, yes. Definitely. With five-star recruits. Those guys came in immediately. They're making an immediate impact, and it just goes to show that this recruiting machine has been rolling. It's not stopping anytime soon, man. So you got to give kudos to, to Ryan Day and, and, and that staff, man, because they're recruiting. Uh, I say um, maybe only Alabama has been out re- recruiting Ohio State in the past five years. Georgia. It's been kind of. Alabama's been getting our leftovers. They still got the number one class. They still had, like, the number one class, like, ten years in a row. It makes me sick. They pay people off. We're, we're, we're not going to talk about what those people <laughs> do down there. You know, so this, we're, uh, this, this is a family-friendly show here sometimes. But uh, we're going to go on a little break real quick. And when we come back, we will have your Ohio State versus Purdue preview. Welcome back to In The Shoe. It's your boy, King Art. And it's your boy, Jay Money. With In The Shoe. So we uh, we left off getting ready to preview this Purdue game, who is a a tough team, honestly. Uh, they've taken out two top three teams already, and actually uh, Purdue has the most wins against top ten teams being unranked in the history of college football. Imagine that. That's a stat for you guys out there. A big shout-out to the Big Ten, though. 
So we're going to get into the keys to winning the game for Ohio State. So the keys for Ohio State, I do believe, is one on defense, eliminate those, the middle. Eliminate the middle passing because it showed with our linebackers not really too much speed there and our safeties. Eliminate the middle. Uh, And then the first one for offense, I'm going to have to say C.J. Stroud. If he's not healthy enough in practice, sit him. Regardless of how big this game is, sit C.J. Stroud down. Let him rest that shoulder. Get him ready for Michigan State. Get him ready for the Canadian team up north. Um. But get him ready for those two key games. I really don't think that they have the luxury to do that at this point in the season personally, but I do understand where you're coming from because the the week of rest really did him some justice and you seeing how well he played. I mean, when you um, got Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, you for, know. For me, the keys to winning the game is just some offensive line consistency. I like to see a lot more of that and I like them see to, to like to see them clean up you know, the red zone effort. And I I would like for them to actually score some touchdowns instead of turning the ball over on downs and kicking so many darn field goals, man. We love – who doesn't love touchdowns, man? We all love touchdowns, man. So those are my keys uh, to victory. Um, He talked a little bit about what needs to improve. Uh, We've already gone over that. Um, Who to watch for for Ohio State? I say a breakout for Travion. I believe this is his game. It's coming. I believe this is his 230-yard game. Might even break Trey Sermon's. You know, two, what was it, 233? Uh, no, Trey Sermon actually had 300. Uh, he had three, over 300 yards in that Big Ten championship game. That's right, 323. It was a big number. Uh, it was pretty gaudy. I do believe Travion Henderson can. I believe he's due for a breakout game, so I'm going to piggyback with you on that. Uh, I agree with you on that. I actually believe Ohio State will run the ball pretty effectively in this game, and that's going to be a key. It's going to open up a lot of stuff for us. Um, Players of the game to watch for Purdue, for me, is uh, Aiden McConnell. Um, He's a little uh, injury, not injury, turnover prone. He's thrown 12 touchdowns and eight interceptions over the year, but he's proven that when he gets in the groove, he can really pick a defense apart. So long as we get pressure on that guy there, uh, I think we'll have some success because he is prone to turning the ball over. The other guy we're going to look at is David Bell. He is uh, a top-notch receiver. Uh, He's going to be a first-rounder in my opinion. He's actually leading the Big Ten in receptions and reception yardage. Uh, So I think uh, the matchup with him and Denzel Burke is, is, is going to be pretty special there, and I think uh, our guy uh, Burke is up, up to the challenge. So those are my guys to watch for Purdue, man. we got to watch McConnell and Bell because, you know, without them, Purdue is they're not going to do much. All right, let's get into what the top four is going to look like tonight at 8 o'clock. Projections, projections. Well, uh, we definitely know that Georgia's number one. There's no mistake in that. I mean, they've been playing some awesome football, uh, you know, defensively dominating, and then the offense is putting up 40, you know, 50 points a game. So we got Georgia for me. 
number two, uh, despite what uh, a lot of people think, I'm still going to go with Cincinnati. They had that big win over Notre Dame earlier in the year. They're undefeated, man. Uh, their schedule is not, you know, really as tough as, as other people's, but I believe they, they deserve some respect there. At this point, I still have them number two. I've got Oregon at number three. Because they beat us, you gotta you, you gotta give it to them there. I do believe that we're playing better football than them at that point, and I believe if we matched up against them today, we would crush them. But I gotta give them respect for beating us at home earlier in the year. I got Oregon number three and the Ohio State Buckeyes number four. Man, we're still uh, one of the most explosive offenses in the country. That defense is starting to round it out, man, and they're getting ready to make a run here. All righty. Yes, you're right. I, I am going to disagree with you on. That's fine. That was my top four. At least <laughs> one of those top four. Okay. I believe Georgia is number one. Absolutely. Um, I do believe Cincinnati is number two, but, you know, we all know who they're going to put it. I, I don't think that they'll be there, but I'm, right now I have them up there. I do believe we should be number three. Interesting. I do believe. Why that we, is that? I do believe we're number three and Oregon is number four. Just because of who Oregon lost to. An unranked Stanford. And, you know, yes, we lost to them. So they have that head to head. So they should be over us. But. Well, you got to think about it like this. If we, were, if we were in the SEC, that would be a great loss by us. Since we're not, we're not going to get on that. <laughs> it, subject. Does, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's it's not uh, rated the same because we're not in the same conference, and we all know how that goes, and we know how that works. So we'll talk about that another time. Well, that's my four. Now it's time for the hot picks. Ooh, hot picks, hot picks. What do we have here, man? Biggest games. Or Saturday will be as follows. Who do you have in Georgia versus Tennessee? Georgia. What a surprise. That that really surprised me there. I mean, they Tennessee gave Alabama a run for their money at first, but Alabama pulled away. Yeah. I think Georgia goes into Knoxville. And that, that program is in, you know, a little bit of a shamble. They've been going through some things the last couple seasons. They're kind of – they're trying to get back up, but they're not quite there yet. Georgia's – Definitely the more dominating team. They're the number one team in the country. And I expect this game to not even be close, to be honest with you. New Mexico State versus Alabama. Um, I'm going to go New Mexico State. Psych. Alabama will crush New Mexico State. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the upset. You're feeling, you feeling good today. I don't like Alabama. I don't like them neither, but i got to be logical. I, I'm going upset. The way that they played against a bad LSU team, I think they sort of tried to mimic uh, LSU, and it came down to the last second, and Alabama only had like six to, uh, six to nine yards rushing. It definitely wasn't uh, Alabama's most impressive game this year, and they seem to be having a couple of games like that, but – the committee have yet to knock them down for that. I don't understand it. Uh, to me, they're the only team in the country that cannot look good, and Still they'll actually um, jump up a spot or not fall spots, and they never fall as many spots as anyone else when they lose 
even when they lose to unranked teams. But, hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So yep. I don't understand why they get it, but we see it happening and we know what's going on. But, hey, you got to beat them. You got to beat them. That's all it is to it. Great program. The Turtles, the Terrapins of Maryland versus Sparty. Um, I got Sparty bouncing back in this game. Uh, you know, I, I pretty much figured out that Purdue was going to beat them uh, last week. I knew the upset was coming. Sparty, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going to let us down a time or two uh, every year. And um, Hey, Alex, know. I got that shot for you. Just wait on it. Wait till Thursday. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so – Michigan State bounces back in a big way, but I think the game's going to be a little bit closer than what you think. I've got probably Michigan State uh, 28 to 24. I'm going to have to go with Sparty. I'm with this one because Maryland is, is terrible. Maryland's terrible this year. They started off good, but. They're sort of middle, they're sort of middle of the pack, but uh, still Michigan terrible. State definitely has a better rushing offense, and they got a. Kenneth Walker the third man, boy is he impressive man. He is uh, he is doing his thing over there in East Lansing. So we're going out to the West Coast, Washington State versus Oregon. I got Oregon, but I would not be surprised if they lost this game. They've been playing a lot of close games lately. They haven't been playing all that well, but they should take care of business at home. I'm going Washington State. Wow, second upset of the day. I look Please at please elaborate. So the reason why I say I I want Oregon. Oregon to lose against Washington State because if the playoff committee decides to, they want to screw Ohio State out of being in the playoffs. If Oregon has only one loss and they win the Pac-12, guess what they're going to do to Ohio State? They're go- and say if Alabama, Georgia, and the SEC, Alabama beats Georgia. They're going to keep Georgia and Alabama in the top two or in the top four. And there's going to be no spot for Ohio State. It seems that way, but it's kind of hard for me to see them leaving Ohio State out with the, you know, with the national they brand. They did it to us a couple they, years ago. They, they did. And, uh, you know, I just, I just don't see it happening. What I would really love is for a rematch against Oregon in a college football playoff, man. I would that, love it, but like I said, That would be a know, great Christmas present. The, 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 the playoff committee will find every which way to screw Ohio State. So that's why I'm really hoping Oregon does lose to Washington State, even though it's not going to be a reality. I really hope Washington State can win. So we're going to move right along to Purdue. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. We're going to move right along against Cincinnati versus South Florida. I got Cincinnati. I do, too. In a close one. Their last three games have been close. They've been playing lesser opponents, but they're, they're going to scratch and claw a win out um, in South Florida. I think this is a rebound. I think this is going to be, you know, a blowout, honestly. Um, Tulsa was no scratch against Ohio State, even though we put, you know, 40-something up on them and they scored 21. Tulsa still had that heart and that grit. I believe Cincinnati does blow South Florida out. All right, well, we'll see. We'll see what the fighting uh, Luke Fickles do. We've got uh, Michigan versus Penn State. This is a tough one to call here. I'm going to actually go with Penn State. Penn State is at home. Um, Clifford is healthy. And um, that's a tough place to go in and win, man, especially late in the uh, the Big Ten season, man. I like Penn State in this game. I do, too. I don't think that team up north is uh, is a complete team. I think it's one way or the other. 
And I believe the you know their loss to Michigan State was bad play, uh, play calling on hairball. Um, I mean, it just goes to show. I just I just think that Penn State defensively they have a lot of athletes, they have a lot of speed back there, and they can make uh if Michigan. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say that on this show. Meat chicken. If meat chicken is one dimensional in this game, which I believe Penn State will make them, it's going to be tough sledding for them. I like Penn State in this game. So in the next three games, I they're. I I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma and Baylor. I got Baylor. Baylor has been playing good football the last couple of weeks, and Oklahoma is always prone to a bad loss. This wouldn't be considered a bad loss because you got a, a twelve versus eight matchup. But I believe Baylor is playing a better football right I, now. I agree. I, I I go with Baylor. So, NC State versus Wake Forest. I like NC State. I do too. They, I think Wake Forest continues to slide. Yes. And they come back down to earth. And then the Notre the Fighting Dame. Irish versus Virginia. I like Notre Dame, man. Uh, you know, they've been inconsistent earlier in the year, but the last four or five games, the defense has been playing lights out. The running game's been picking up steam, and uh, they're, they're looking pretty good. I like, although Virginia is always a tough place to play, I like Notre Dame in that matchup. So if you guys notice in the top ten, we did skip one game. And, that, and that's the best game for last. Your prediction, the Boilermakers and Buckeyes. I really think the Buckeyes bounce back in a strong way. Um, people tend to think this game is going to be a close game, but it's a home game, and uh, we got revenge on our minds from what Purdue did to us last time. Um, Ryan Day will have these guys prepared. Uh, looking back at what they did to Sparty, um, I believe this team will be prepared. They'll run the ball really good, and I believe we'll cover the spread. I, I, I like the Buckeyes big in this game. Me too. And I do want to give a shout-out to Logan, who is a huge Nittany Lion fan. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't root for them when they played us a couple weeks ago, but I am rooting for y'all this weekend. And uh, that is the rundown. Um, thank you for tuning in to In the Shoe. I'm King Art. And I am Jay Money. And make sure you check out our Big Brother show on uh, Thursday at 730 the Buckeye Bro Show. Please check that out. We with plan your boy. on doing some collaborations with those for future shows. But thanks for tuning in, guys. It's been great. We've got a lot more stuff coming to you later. And we look forward to seeing you each and every Tuesday at 2 o'clock on Score On Air's Facebook page. In the shoe.